Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives and the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. I hope you had a good week. Well, we have been just awash in trailers and shows. Bravo is giving us so much. So this episode is just jam-packed talking about the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills trailer, the Atlanta trailer. We talk a little Summer House, a little Real Housewives of OC, and a little bit of Jersey. And we definitely spill some tea. So my guest is Steve. You guys know him from his Instagram page, Faces by Bravo, and his podcast, But Now We Said It. Steve always has the inside scoop. So we had a great chat. Before we get to my conversation with Steve, I wanted to share a few quick thoughts on Jersey and then the OC. So with Jersey, I was so excited to see Marge Sr.'s birthday party because this woman is just something else and she has really lived a life. And you know me, I love an immigrant story. So hearing about how when she was 10 years old, her family fled Hungary and she actually crossed the border while riding a bicycle. I mean, it just broke my heart, you know, thinking of all the things that she had to go through as a young girl and coming to the United States and knowing no English. You know, a lot of immigrants come here and they know some English. My my father had to take English as a class when he was a student. So he knew some, you know, and, and I can't imagine not knowing any at all. And I don't know, she's, I love Marge Sr. And it was just fun to see everyone having a good time and getting along. You know, I'm not the biggest fan of Bill Aiden, but I love that he picked up Marge Sr. and was like dancing on the dance floor and carrying her. That was, that was definitely a good time. And then, of course, Jackie getting ice cream with her kids. I mean, what a moving moment to capture for all of us and for herself to be able to see her progress. I hope that she's looking back at this footage and thinking, wow, you know, that was a great first step. Look at how far I've come. She should be so proud of herself for being vulnerable, for sharing her experience with anorexia, and for letting kind of us into the mind of someone that is dealing with this disease. And it's just, I my heart goes out to her and her family. And I really hope that she's able to, through therapy, allow Evan to support her in her recovery. I feel like he wants to, and she's been shutting him out and pushing him away. And she knows that. And it seems like he really wants to be there for her. So I really I hope she lets him. Um, and then on the OC. So <laughs> we definitely, Steve and I talk about whether or not Heather shoved a member of the crew, but um, Noella in this episode. So we all know that Noella is pretty draining, and I can imagine that being around her, especially as she's going through all these difficult life moments, a divorce, um, her son's diagnosis of autism, and then now the death of her father, and it's it seems like it was, you know, a sort of a strained relationship, which also can be really complicated. So 
I understand the other women feeling like, oh God, this is exhausting. Like I'm exhausted by it. And especially if Noella is sort of using them to do therapy in a way, like she's just sharing all of her thoughts and feelings and putting them on to others. Like that's not great. It's not like the best use of your time with these new friends and coworkers, right? But at the same time, I feel so bad for what Noella is going through. And I feel like this episode, the women were just, they had no empathy. And it was not a good look, especially on Gina, where she's like, shit happens. It's like, Gina, you've never lost a parent. So maybe like zip it for a second, put a pin in it. (laughs) Shannon would say, it just seems like is Shannon the only one with a heart? I mean, even if Noella is annoying and draining, I just, I don't feel like they need to be as nasty as they're being. But again, maybe there's other things going on behind the scenes, or maybe they've just totally had it with her. Noella does seem to be someone that has issues with boundaries. Like she (laughs) just like barrels through them. She doesn't acknowledge them. She doesn't respect them. And she also seems to try and create intimacy in a friendship too quickly, where it's like she's sharing details that maybe you would only share with someone that you had a stronger relationship with. And so it's a very unusual thing, I think, probably to be on the receiving end of. So, but it's just, it's hard to watch. And so I'm actually really, really interested to see the reunion because while the season hasn't been amazing, I feel like there's been so much that's been unsaid and I want to hear it. I also am just kind of shocked that they are breaking the fourth wall by talking about Heather, you know, allegedly shoving a member of the crew. I feel like we never hear, you know, things that I I guess, you know, NeNe leaks that happened, but that was all on camera. And so anyways, I'm really excited for you guys to hear what Steve has to say about it. So I had the best time chatting with him. Huge thanks to Steve, especially for jumping in. My guest, uh, who was supposed to be on this week, actually caught COVID. So hope you feel a little bit better. And I will have her on hopefully next month. So as always, if you guys enjoy the podcast, be sure to rate it five stars and leave a kind review. And if you have any constructive criticism, my DMs are open. You can reach out to me at Mandy Slutsker on Twitter and Instagram. And just reach out to me if there's something about the show that rubs you the wrong way or annoys you. You don't need to leave a like, crappy review, mainly because I don't check them that often. And also, like I don't know, I want to have a dialogue. I want to make this a show that you all enjoy listening to every week. So... Hope you guys have a fantastic week ahead. We will take a quick break and then back with Steve. Faces by Bravo. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Hi. 
Hi, everyone. I'm here with Steve. You all know him as Faces by Bravo. He's got the hit podcast, but now we said it. And we are here to break down the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills trailer that just dropped this week. How are you doing, Steve? I am doing great. Other than the fact that I got a spray tan last night and I have Lisa Barlow hands. No. They're not as bad as Barlow's, but you can kind of see. Yeah. It also kind of reminds me of Barb the Builder. (laughs) (laughs) Or uh, Adrian, whenever she left a stain on LVP's couch. Yes. (laughs) Do you have white furniture that you're just like leaving stains on? Literally, that is the last color of furniture that belongs in this household. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, between me being just a mess and my dog, you know, there's no, white has no business being in here. And and my dog is a white dog. And the last few days it's been raining. And so I pick her up at daycare and it's like an indoor outdoor space. And she literally the whole bottom half of her is mud to the point where like where when I'm walking her back, like people are pointing and laughing. Oh, no. (laughs) So I like dunk her in the tub and like let it all wash away. And then I have to wash her paws. And does she like water at least? No, she doesn't. I mean, she mm. likes mud, evidently. Oh, that, well, evidently, yes. You <laughs> she know, doesn't like swimming, and she doesn't like showers. But she knows because I my um, bath mat is white, and a lot of stuff is like so. I like move everything. I have a whole way of doing it, and she looks at me and is just like, "I know what's coming." <laughs> <laughs> She's pissed. She hates it. She's so mad. And then I have to like take her out immediately after um, because she gets like so wound up. She ends up peeing. Does she do the (laughs) racing in circles? Oh, my gosh. When she was a puppy, once she got in the hallway and I couldn't get her to come in for 15 minutes, she was literally zooming up and down the hallway and like people were cheering her on. They were like opening their doors. (laughs) See, that's why dog people are great. You better believe like a cat person would not do that. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I like I mean I love all animals, but I'm of course. much more of a dog person. Well, and speaking of my Lisa Barlow hands, it's also <laughs> on topic because Salt Lake City left should be leaving or has already left for their cast trip today. Do you know where it is? I do. It's I'll give you a hint. It's a place where they are where another franchise went last year. Cabo? No. Where did people go? Nashville? Mm-mm. Where did we see people go? Palm Springs? Closer. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I so bad at this? <laughs> think um think same cast as Palm Springs. Oh, where ask no, where did they go? Tahoe. No, so <laughs> um think last cast trip. Wait, before COVID? The like the one um last season of Beverly Hills, the final trip. Where did they go? Why is this not clicking? San Diego. Oh, they went to the Corona Del Mar. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. San Diego. All righty. 
Nice. So um, I imagine that has to do with the fact that Jen Shaw probably can't leave the country. Oh, um, yeah. I don't know. I like, but I just would imagine she's not allowed. Otherwise, I feel like they maybe would have done international. At least I hope they would have. No, I'm pretty sure she can't leave the country. I'm pretty yeah. sure anytime you have a case in front of a federal court, you are not allowed to leave. Totes. Like she can barely leave the state, I think. <laughs> Only unless, like, she gets a permission. Imagine if they went to, like, Guam or, like, American Samoa, like, (laughs) just because, like, it's an American territory. (laughs) Honestly. Or they could have gone to Puerto Rico. Yeah. Puerto Rico is lovely. I've heard. Yeah. I've never been. Yeah. I really like it. And the people are amazing. It's just incredible, incredible people. All right. Well, let's dive into this trailer. And I'm going to ask you some other questions, too. But first, Mm -hmm. okay. When, well, you also know a lot of the tea, but whatever you're comfortable sharing, when Rinna Mm -hmm. says in the beginning of the trailer, she's not who she says she is, do you think she's talking about Kathy or somebody else? I, I think, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think that's who it's about. Um, because I think, you know, there's been, you know, things around the interwebs that's kind of talked about what some of the issues were at the end of the trip or at the end of the season with Kathy. And I feel like that kind of lines up with that narrative. Yeah. That makes sense. I think so, too. Do you feel like this season is going to be like a lead up to the takedown of Kathy Hilton? So... This is going to be interesting because it wasn't on camera. So, or no one was mic'd as far as I know. Um, So I think it's going to be a frustrating thing because the cast is going to have to talk about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then Kathy will either admit it or deny it. And we have no proof. And then it just, I feel like it's going to be really annoying. It could either, it could either set her up for a takedown or it could be an ultimate fail because we have no footage kind of deal. Interesting. That's just my thoughts. I don't know. And so this is around all the rumors that Kathy may have used a a slur. uh, Um, It's affectionately known as faggot. (laughs) around it <laughs> let's just dance around now no, she called someone faggot. a faggot okay but she did not call sutton's assistant a faggot because sutton actually posted on instagram a picture of her lovely assistant um who you are friendly with and said no kathy's been nothing but lovely towards him so it's she yes. but she used the term and a lot of people are talking about it now what i didn't anticipate was at the end of the trailer with lisa renna kyle and kathy the fact that kathy had been saying pretty awful things about kyle and then they confront her on camera about it were you aware That's of that stuff not at all that shook me because I have no idea what she said. Like, I, that was not even on my radar as a feud. I mean, Me I knew that there was a feud because it seems that, <clears throat> like, Kathy 
had life events and then Kyle had life events and neither of them were like attending each other's life events. So it seemed as if there was some sort of, you know, disconnect or feud there, but I had no idea it had something to do with Kathy, like talking shit about her. Oh my God. And I feel like Crystal and Rinna, when they're talking in the beginning, like, is it really that bad? I feel like maybe that's, she's also referring to, whatever she said about Kyle. Because I think, I don't know, I feel like I'm, I could be piecing this all wrong, but I also kind of feel like based on Crystal's bio, I feel like there might, not a rift between Kathy and Crystal, but it seems like there could be some friction because of, you know, maybe knowing some things or whatever. And Kathy, no, Crystal came out and said she wasn't even really close with Kathy Hilton recently. So I I saw that on Twitter (laughs) and the person that responded that said, yes, this is true. It's, it was like Crystal Minkoff, but it was not the real Crystal Minkoff. Right. It was a a fake one account. Yeah. But was there an actual article that said that they weren't friends before? I thought, I thought that that was all like, it they, play, they played up the friendship more than it really was. That's what I, I thought. But again, I like forget what I've heard is like rumor versus what's been printed as alleged rumor. <laughs> yeah, I um when I saw the that one and then I saw like the Crystal Minkoff, like the fake one, um, I just assumed the whole thing was fake, but it could maybe it's not. Maybe just that piece of it. How much of the season do you think will focus on Dorit's break-in? I know it's the very first episode. Um, and I think it's going to be a whole season long for her because I know, I mean, I believe she's still in therapy right now. Um, yeah. And figuring all of that out, which as any of us would, I, I can't imagine being your house being broken into being held at gunpoint with your kids in the house, your husband, not there. Like it was, it would be terrifying. Terrifying. And she's trying to put on a brave face for to her do children. This. Yeah. You have to basically cr- like not let them know how serious it was because of the, you know, there's a developmentally appropriate way to talk about anything. Right. Right. But there's certain things you don't share with kids of that age. And so mm-hmm. she's probably having to kind of put on a facade with the kids, which I think most parents do in a lot of situations. And then it eats at you because you can't talk about how you're feeling all the time because they're always there and they're always listening. And you're living your life out from the day one of filming the rest of the season on camera in front of everybody. Like you literally always will have eyes on you. And that adds a whole nother layer of pressure where it's like, I, I mean, I don't think she would think any of this stuff, but I could imagine being a reality star going through this. There was already people in the blogs and stuff saying like, Oh, this is fake. Like they staged it or whatever like dealing with something that's already traumatizing and then having people mock it would make it so much worse. I don't know know why everyone keeps doing this. I mean, Jennifer Aiden this week had Bill's Ferrari was stolen out of the garage. They had video footage 
of people coming in, lifting up the garage door and stealing the Ferrari. And people are like, something seems fishy. Like, what? There's the only footage of it. Literally, the only person we should be dragging in these situations is Edmund. Um, or not Edmund, Edwin, oh, yeah. Mellencamp, not Mellencamp, Arroyave. <laughs> because security company. What is going on with the security, my friend? <laughs> I think that Dorit came out and said that she hadn't actually used his security. Oh, good. Good to I, hear. Because that was my first thought. Because, you know, Kyle uses Eddie's secure, Edwin's security. And then I thought I think, Erica did too, right? Oh, God. Should we get into Erica? <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. I can't get over how tone deaf she is and how, like, she truly just doesn't give a fuck. She just doesn't. And I know she told us that she gave zero fucks, not one. <laughs> her songs but my goodness to watch her try and like I don't even know if she's painting herself as a victim in all of this or if she's just like I don't care but oh my what do you think her attorneys are thinking oh her attorneys probably hate her (laughs) um (laughs) they're literally like I know this is never gonna be over but can this be over um so This is such a tricky thing in my, like, just for, in my opinion, not the, the way she handled any of this, that's all despicable and gross, but I, it's, I love that you said like how she's painting herself as like a victim in all of this. And part of me is like, yes, she is absolute. The victims are the real victims. Yeah. But in reality, I feel like she's also a victim as well. If she, I mean, I, I am choosing to believe I feel like she didn't know. That's just the p- impression I got all last season. Like, I just feel like she had no idea. And again, the victims, they are first. And like, they, she should be coughing up whatever she owns to give them. Because who cares if you didn't know and that money was, you know victim money you should do the right thing and give that stuff back like that is just the bare minimum (laughs) that should be easy however i also two things can be true i also do find her to be a victim if she truly didn't know you know no i think she she is she's just painting herself as a worse victim oh or like the top victim and Mm -hmm. she and I know it doesn't follow like a linear path because when you're victimized by someone that you love and that you care about it's really hard to be angry at them right and so I feel like everyone's like well why aren't you mad at Tom look at what he did to you and instead she's mad at people like pointing out or assuming that she knew stuff. Now, the most recent lawsuit that was filed this week was really mm-hmm. interesting. I'm not a lawyer. You're not a lawyer. We don't know all the lawyers speak in it. But I felt like the case against... I'm a lawyer when it comes to Real Housewives. <laughs> yes. Okay, so let's hear what you think about this. They they painted this case that the Girardi Case oh. Law Firm would seek out other firms 
to like bring them in clients with the explicit idea that they would never pay those other attorneys and that everyone was kind of in on it and knew and that then he was also saying, well, Erica was sort of the front, the front woman, woman for this because while she was showing wealth, people assumed, well, Girardi Keys might must be doing well. And that to me doesn't indicate that she knew anything, but it does make uh, Tom's son-in-law look very guilty if what is alleged is true. Also, before I um, add on to that, can we just say two Tauruses unpacking um, <laughs> everybody's issues <laughs> and the psychology behind everything? We always have the best advice. <laughs> so not for ourselves. <laughs> no, never for ourselves. Only for everyone else. I'm like pull, going through the DSM-5 and I'm Literally. like, well, I think Noella has histrionic personality disorder, but I'm totally not qualified <laughs> to say that. <laughs> I was just giggling, like thinking about my little dialogue of everything about Erica and you breaking everything down now. It's just truly two Tauruses. Two Tauruses. We're so like. (laughs) We're there. We're. (laughs) Um, What was I? And you asked me about. Oh, yeah. So the front woman. I actually was just on um, Mention It All, the Betches podcast. uh, And we were talking about this and. Again, I this might be so fucking crazy and out there that it like you can say Steve you're an idiot. But my first thought actually was okay. So who was it that fi- Edelson? Yeah, Jay Edelson. Yeah, Jay Edelson. He filed it in uh it used to be filed I think in Illinois, then they refiled mm-hmm. it in California. So Edelson drops the one in Illinois. This is all like, you know, we're seeing sort of dead end with the Tom of it all. Like Tom, his mental health or his actual, his mental awareness and being is in question. We have no idea where anything is. All of that. Could this be a strategy to, if we paint Erica more the the, the front woman, are we more likely to get assets back for our victims? That was just my thought process. Because- Probably. Because, like, think about it. Like, I mean, Tom, what what is Tom going to provide for anyone? Like, he potentially doesn't know. Like, we don't know what his mental space is right now, like, or his abilities. So say he's at a point where he literally doesn't know anything or is unable to speak on any of this stuff. I mean, any assets that could be hidden could not be really reached, right? Yeah. And Erica spent it all. You know, uh, right. she spent every last dime and we saw the breakdown of her credit card receipts. What's frustrating to me about her, though, is like she's not completely innocent in this. She was taking money for her company that was coming directly from Girardi Keese and and saying it was a loan, but she had no intention of paying it back. And that is illegal, I believe. <laughs> And, oh, and I, I would act, imagine. You know, come on. If you're going to run a corporation, an LLC, then you are responsible for the assets that go in and out of the bank account that your name is on. I don't care if you didn't have access to things. It's your name. You signed all those papers. The same reason that Teresa went to prison is the same. Re- like, don't keep blaming your husband for everything. You have agency. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not like she was a kid when she met him. She was like, what, 27, 28? Like, come on, Erica. My devil's advocate, again, I, I feel like I'm <laughs> going to be devil's advocate a lot on this Erica stuff just because I I don't know. The last season, I was really like thinking about it as in like, okay, what if I was in Erica's position right now? Like, how would I, how, what would I do and what would my headspace be in? And she did, you know, mention last season how he was very controlling and he had all of not to say again, like Sutton said, like ignorance is is not an excuse. But I also think of it if it was potentially as controlling and potentially abusive in that sense, she may have had no ability to have access to it like he may have literally held all of that from her and I could I literally could see her having a credit card and swiping and having no clue where the money is coming like oh it's like oh I need more money or I need this I could see Tom handling all of it and it just being under her name and like she signs whatever and no, again, I, I could I'm see not, that too. I think yeah. for me, the ultimate sin that she committed is she lied to the audience of Beverly Hills. She oh. lied to us yeah. saying that she was this independent woman, that she paid her bills, that she's self-made. It's not just her rich husband and yep. all, and that she was in love, right? All of that stuff. And she could be in love, right? But oh, she yeah. painted a marriage that didn't exist. And she tried she, Wolf essentially yeah, last season. Totally. And that's what I kept comparing it to last year was um, it's such a shame that in what five or six seasons she decided to be so reserved and like not putting everything out there and like hush hush and her narrative, whatever, and so much control of what we see that now when she's in a vulnerable spot and she wants to you know, cry out and and tell us everything. It's like, well, why should we believe you? Exactly. Because you've been this one persona for these past five years that we're supposed to be getting to know you as an audience. So it's like a cry wolf to me. Totally. That For me, that's it. It's like, if you want me to believe you now, which I actually kind of do in some mm-hmm. way, then I have to admit that the every thing that came before this past season was a lie. And I, I agree that, but then why won't you come out and say it? And why are you so upset about being called a liar when you did, in fact, paint a picture that was inaccurate? I think her response to that could be if she was in an abusive relation, relationship, she was protecting herself. But she's never said the term abusive. I think, oh, Geez, why is this so? Is it loud on your end? A little. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say mine just all of a sudden it just turned up <laughs> really loud. It's it's the ghost Woo! of like Tom Gerardi's soul. <laughs> Remember, did I tell you that um, when I was in LA a few weeks ago, when I saw you, that I think it was the night or two nights before I saw you, we went to the polo lounge yeah. at the Beverly Hills Hotel, and I made a joke about Tom Girardi. And one of the guys who was hitting on my friend Katie, who was an older man and had no business like being inappropriate with us, he gave me a look and he put his drink down and he walked away. (laughs) 
Oh, girl, <laughs> you are starting trouble with the patrons of the Polo Lounge. I just was making a joke. I don't know. I didn't realize he like truly went there all the time. You might as well have um, strolled into a Maloof Hoof fashion show in a, in a Vanderpump. <laughs> I was like, woo, touchy subject. (laughs) Yikes. Well, as far as like the abuse, when I do say abuse, I do mean like, I mean, in a sense, couldn't, I don't know the the technical definitions, but couldn't like the controlling aspect, like financial abuse. Totally. And like emotional abuse and all of that stuff. Yeah. She Um, just hasn't used that term. So I'm hesitant to, to use it. That's fair. So say she was controlled, um, mm-hmm. all of that. There's a lot of things where I was also like reflecting on last season was, okay, she needs to, pr- she's like, it, maybe like in a Taylor situation, like I have to protect myself right now. Um, I can't just put out there that he's the worst man in the world, blah, 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 because things might get worse, right? Or the other thing, um, shit, what was the other, the protecting? Oh, when she said like when they were getting divorced or like when she was filing for divorce and all of that stuff, the other, say she did like find out right before filing for divorce or say she knew right at the end or that something was off. Again, like who does she turn to? Like all of the lawyers around here won't, like they put Tom up here, the bar wouldn't even like file anything on him. The local politicians, the local, you know, everybody was like Tom, Tom, Tom. Not to say that this is the right. This is just another perspective. I'm, yeah, I'm thinking. No. What I don't understand is why the audience and I, well, I have a reason, but why the audience of the housewives, like people like us, were so enraged with Erica. But not with Jen Shaw, who, you know, has actually been indicted with real federal crimes and is linked to at least eight people who have pled guilty to committing those very crimes. And just because we haven't heard from the victims of the, you know, yeah, they had that show on Hulu, but it it wasn't directly connected to the, you know, alleged conspiracy that Jen was part of. You know, it's just crazy to me. I think it's because she's more charismatic. She's talking about how, and I also think it's because everyone knows she's going to go to jail. And so they're like, well, she's going to, you know, get in trouble for it and then she'll have to deal with it then. But Erica, it seems like, isn't really going to be punished for her potential role in anything. And so I feel like the public is like, well, we'll punish her by being horrible to her online. Do you think that's what it is? I don't know. It's so odd to me. I do hate it. Like I, there's a lot of things that we should be angry at Erica about, but fully like (laughs) the way she has been treated versus Jen Shaw is just almost comical to me because it's, it's like, how is, like you said, this indicted person who is literally everyone below them has is going to be going to jail and ple- pleading guilty? How, like, how are we so enamored with her? And I say, I laugh about this a lot because I, and I like 
I shouldn't joke about it, but I joke and say like, sorry, grandma, I need Jen Shaw for another season. <laughs> like, you know, I just. She's good TV. She she's is good she's... TV. And she's like, she didn't. Um, she, she, what she was reactionary, but in a way where she's really good at making you think that she buys her own bullshit or she's just really that good of a manipulator and liar. Um, I like can't tell, like, does she truly think she's innocent or has she talked herself into a way for her to believe that she's innocent or is she just lying to us all? No, I don't (laughs) think she's just lying to us all. I think she believes her own shit and she, yeah, it's, she's insane. Like she's, and what bothers me about that situation is it kind of reminds me of the OC with Heather Dubrow is that everyone seems to be afraid of her and mm-hmm. won't say what they're really thinking because they don't want to feel the wrath of her anger or the lash of her tongue. Yep. Yep. And, I mean, true. Okay. So one last thing on Beverly Hills before I ask you a couple other questions. Uh, what do you know about Diana Jenkins? And are you like excited to see her feud with Sutton? I, what I have heard literally across the board about her is she's polarizing and she's really just, she's going to make a splash. Like, and I think it's like, you're either going to love her or you're going to hate her is kind of the impression I've gotten from people so far. Um, I'm stoked. I literally already screen recorded that little moment with them. The way she said, um, you need a new villain. I'm here or whatever. I was like enamored right there. I was like, yes. And Sutton, I love you if you're listening. It's it's none of that. No, yeah. I do love you, me. I love me some Sutton, but whew, that deli- line delivery from Diana was everything. She's like rich, rich, and she's already giving us good moments in the trailer. So yeah, I'm very excited. I'm also super excited to see Garcelle kind of center stage this season. She's so likable. I also think Kyle is very likable. I think the two of them kind of narrating the season for us is going to be very enjoyable. And I love that Garcelle's just like not afraid of anyone. That's when what she said to Erica, yeah. uh, you, you're going to make yourself look bad on your own or whatever. I was like screaming, like cheering, like, yes, go off. (laughs) Yeah, for Erica to think that other people are making her look bad and not how she's responding to the situation, Mm -hmm. she could have dealt with this a very different way. Okay, another trailer that dropped last week, Atlanta. What did you think of how it started where it was just showing tweets from Housewives fans being like, when is the trailer going to drop? She by Sheree Jockers. Like, it felt so, so meta. Good. <laughs> you know what? I love this. I have to give Bravo, NBC, all of them such props because I truly think that is another magical piece of this network and these shows is the audience inclusivity that they've really leaned into because like, do you, um, I don't know if you, are you on Twitter much? Yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I, I'm in there a little bit, but, um, Yolanda Fister, one of the funniest accounts of all time. Yes, he's been on this podcast. He's like, love him so much. So great one of the kindest people and one of the funniest people. But the fact that his freaking tweet 
saying you'll and his Twitter name, Yolanda Fister, was in <laughs> Time Freaking Square to advertise <laughs> Girls Trip. Like, yo, I kept say, saying to him, I'm like, Yolanda may be walking through like Times Square and like, now why am I in it? In <laughs> voice. But no, I truly think that Bravo and NBC really did the right thing on like fully leaning in onto the, into the fandom because I do know, I remember a while, a couple of years ago, um, like I remember seeing VH1 and that whole group of channels or whoever owns it, Comcast maybe or Viacom. Um, they were like shutting accounts down and stuff for just posting the like preview clip for next week or something for certain shows. Yeah. Oh, that's so, cause you want people talking about it, right? right? Like it's worse to not have people we talk are about promo. a show, <laughs> you know? And I don't I think it was, um, Ryan Bailey who was talking about the, and just like that series and how they were so excited, the writers and everyone, because people were talking about it. Even if it wasn't good, the fact that it broke through and was like the main show that people were chatting about at the water cooler is a big mm-hmm. deal. And so lean into people talking about the show, lean into the buzz. I felt it was so smart. Lean into the fact that we're finally having Marlo as a housewife. I love that they had like almost 45 seconds of the trailer was focused on Marlo and her story and her what's going on in her life. I'm, you know, she's waited long enough. You know what was so wild about watching that? Like, obviously, we've all been prepared that Marlo is going to get her peach. But watching her in the trailer in a peach like capacity versus her normal like b- popping up in it probably a couple times it was wild to watch I don't know about you but like for me like I didn't predict or I had no idea that I would watch that and feel a certain way like oh my gosh this feels different and this feels cool and fresh with Marlo and seeing this more well round, potentially more well-rounded side of her you know I've been waiting for it ever since she got custody of her nephews. I felt like that's like such a story. And what I was shocked about with the Atlanta trailer was it didn't feel like there was a lot of Kenya. And I feel like Kenya usually drives storyline in Atlanta. And I'm actually excited to see the other women step up because Kenya, you know, she's an OG. She's been there for a while. We know that she can be polarizing. But after Girls Trip, I really want to other people to see a softer side of her and I'm kind of hoping maybe we get that who knows we'll see but (laughs) um Candy did say on Watch What Happens Live which makes me so excited is um that Sheree was the MVP of the season and that not only did we get you know our normal Sheree iconicness of her you know her reads her shade her comedy she apparently really, really opened up this season in ways that she never did really in the past. And it surprised the castmates. And um, I think that is very exciting, at least to me, because I'm a, a big Sheree fan. I mean, who going to check me, boo, is like <laughs> probably. Did I tell you I the won the, the contest for her tagline? What? Okay. So, like, I don't Sorry know. Time. How- how many people knew this? I just happened to see um, on my feed, she posted like a, basically a thank you 
to all the fans, basically like saying your your continued support and all of this is the reason why I'm back. Um, I wanted to include you guys in a little contest with there will be a prize um, in helping me make my con or my tagline for this season. So I won with my tagline. Mazel and- <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and um, so they reached out to me on a Tuesday or Wednesday and they said it was basically like we'd love for you to come if you'll be in the Atlanta area this Saturday. Um blah, blah, blah. And I was thinking, oh, well, one, I already had plans to go to Palm Springs. And two, it was like three day, three or four days notice to get a flight Super Bowl weekend. Oh, God. That's like probably not going to work. So whatever. I'm in Palm Springs. Sunday, I realized what I had missed was the finale of Atlanta this season. It was oh, the She by Sheree no. fashion show. <laughs> I should have made it work. You should have. <laughs> oh. In my head, I was thinking like, and God bless you, Sheree. You know, I love, I, I love her. But I envisioned like, if anything, this is going to be me like, like walking into a strip mall and she'll be like with She by Sheree, like signing like <laughs> books and merch or yeah. something. Or a fashion show think... with no fashions. <laughs> exactly. I was not prepared for there to be, you know, this whole getup had I known. Oh. Are you allowed to share what the tagline was? Yeah. Um, Cause I, I posted it on her page and I think that's all still up. So um, it was um, third times the charm. It's true. And no one going to check me boo. Oh, that's so good. That's so I good. I use it. That would be so cool if, like, I'm basically planning on them not using it just because I feel like, you know, they record a whole bunch and especially if it's already kind of out there in that type of public way, maybe they won't use it. But if they do, that would be so cool to be like part of making a tagline or oh, whatever, because there I was someone it. that made Kyle's one year and whoever yeah. that is, is literally part of like history. <laughs> It always has to say something about this town, you know? It's like, well, I grew up I, in this uh, town. And like, what? I, I gave, um, last year, was it last year? Yeah. Last year, I gave Rinna, Kyle, and Dorit a bunch to submit. And none of them were selected. Oh. I bet yours were better than the ones that they actually choose. I feel like we haven't had an iconic tagline in a while. I have a feeling that they were better as well but you know that's i'm i'm a little biased because i made them (laughs) (laughs) i love it i like the campy taglines more than the like they should be kind of funny they don't need to be that relevant to what's going on you know let's see if i have i think i have a let me look um no actually maybe not where was it well while you're looking that up oh found them (laughs) dorit um Because, you know, she had her wedding dress line. I don't have time for drama, but when it comes to fashion, I always say I do. Or take it from me, always say yes to the dress. My life is a fashion show and I always say yes to the dress. I've always been married to fashion and now it's time for the wedding. My fashion and my business have the perfect marriage and now it's time for a wedding. Oh, I love it. I like the first one. 
The first one. Yeah, I like that one. I don't have time for drama, but when it comes to fashion, I always say I, I do. do. That's perfect. What would yes. your tagline be if you were on and would it be oh. different if you were on Beverly Hills versus like Salt Lake versus Miami? Well, I'm going to. Oh, Jesus. What is wrong with this? mic, honey. Um, um, if I was, say, on these shows as a housewife and I was still a nurse and all of that, um, mine would be shit. I always have to remember this. It's um, this nurse take. What was it? This nurse, like, gives shots, takes shots, and calls the shots or something like oh, that. Oh, that is good. That is so good. You got it. You got You know, we got our booze in. We got our actual career. And then we got, I'm a boss-ass bitch. <laughs> love it. Absolutely. What's yours? Um, I think I came up with it. Who asked me? So it is a play. It is a public health-related one where it's like, I sur- <laughs> I can't even say without laughing. I survived cholera, so I'm not putting up with any of your shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You know what? And that just reminded me, honestly, Ashley Darby's that one tagline would have been good had she not said, did she say poop or something? Yeah. She would have said shit. Yeah. yeah, if she would, if you say shit, it's funnier. It's funnier, but then like when she said like poop or something, I was like, oh, this like, doesn't boys land messy, as well. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's just not as good. I think I told Tom Hamlet this whole thing, and he was like, "Wait, what happened?" And it, later, I sent him an article that was in the New York Times that was the cholera hospital in Bangladesh, and there was this big article on it a couple years after I lived in Bangladesh and I I've never had more people contact me and been like is this is this where you were when you had cholera (laughs) I'm like you know it's it's a shocking diagnosis to get (laughs) this is where you got it (laughs) I got it um at a restaurant no joke it was called cinnamon oh wait you really got it. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, I didn't think you were serious. Yes. Like who gets cholera? <laughs> well, if you if you're in Bangladesh during monsoon season, which is also when cholera, you know, yes. cases rise, and you eat Fair. at a restaurant called Cinnamon and you share a dish with someone else who also tests positive for Vibrio cholera, <laughs> you end up in a like makeshift cot at a hospital with a hole cut in the bottom and I'm not even getting in a bucket. So you just shit. Like, you just, it just all comes out. You're kidding me. And you have an IV. And they I would imagine. As it's coming out. And it's just like, and as like a white woman, like so many people were staring because it's just like, what is this white woman doing here? You know so there's cot. a lot of staring in general, <laughs> like if you're an expat in certain places, right. but I've never, but I was like, this is the lowest point. Like, well, this is so, so bad. There was no privacy. Like you're literally just shitting no, into it's a, a bucket. tent and everyone else is shitting. Too. <laughs> that had to smell horrific. You don't, I don't remember that. I don't, I just, I 
didn't I wasn't I had a very high fever. Uh, I was a little bit like out of it. I didn't know what was going on. After a couple days, I went back to my place where I was staying and (laughs) so gross. I fell asleep for like 17 hours. I slept straight. I shat myself while I slept, of course. And then I had had no, like, I didn't have enough energy to like deal with it. So I took all the sheets. I put them in a room. I closed the door. And then I proceeded to live in my bathtub for a few more days. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So cholera is literally not on my list of things to get. (laughs) Don't, don't, don't try. It's, it's It's not. But it was one of those situations. Like, even when I shat myself, I was like, I will find this funny one day. Like, one day. One day. Like, this will be hilarious. <laughs> wow. You and Ramona could really kick back and shoot the shit on your shit stories. Although, you know, I mean, I think a lot of hers is due to, you know, too much laxative use, allegedly. Ooh. Oh, you know, that I never even thought of that. that yeah, I, I think when people like, you know, I'm not going to try and judge too much, but... Everyone gets sick when they travel abroad sometimes. It's not, it doesn't oh, totally. last years. It's <laughs> no. still like left over from Cartagena. You know, sure, Ramona. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was quite a detour. <laughs> Everyone's like, fast forward, fast forward. <laughs> no more shit talk. Like, it's so talk bad. Shit, but don't talk about shit. <laughs> it's so, this <laughs> is horrible. I literally, Tom Hamlet's face. It just like dropped. <laughs> I mean, like, how is I'm this possible? still like it's burned in my head. A cot with a hole. Oh, like, yeah. I'll send you the article after we're done. It's like it's it's it is a premier hospital. It is literally called. Sounds like it. ICDDRB. <laughs> it stands for International Center for Diarrheal Disease and Research in Bangladesh. Anyways, <laughs> OK, I have a couple more questions. Hard. We're going to take a, a hard turn here. Perfect. You watch Summer House, right? I do. Okay. In the aftermath of Sierra throwing the wine glass at Danielle, which person on Summer House would you be? Okay. We've got Maya, the comforting friend who's trying to also hold Sierra accountable. Amanda, the mom trying to clean up the glass. Kyle, in shock and not reacting at all. Or Andrea, who has no idea what the hell happened and is too busy with his own drama. Um, I would be Maya. Yeah. That would be me. I feel like, but I have one critique on all of this. I wish more people, and maybe they didn't show it, but I wish more people would have went and checked on Danielle. Yes. Oh my goodness. It was weird to me that she had like no one really there except, I mean, Lindsay went up and all of that, but she was the one that got you know, a glass thrown at thrown her. at her. Yes, yeah, I hundred percent agree. Do you think it's because they were outside and maybe not everyone knew where everyone went in the commotion? Yeah. I don't think there was any like intent to make it seem like they're only checking on Sierra. I've, I, what I'm imagining in my head is they were all downstairs and Danielle was maybe upstairs talking to her boyfriend, like oh, she said. Yeah on the phone or something. And then 
you know, they were all downstairs or something and they maybe were just giving her space. I don't know. But still, I just would have liked to have seen that some people were checking on her. And it like, because let's all be clear. The person that was wrong in this situation was Austin Kroll. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, both and both girls should have been checked on. Yep. 100% agree with you. Um, did you feel that Sierra's apologies to everyone would genuine? I have to be honest. I wasn't like paying attention that deeply to them when I was watching this, but um, like we didn't get to see Danielle and Sierra talk, right? We did. They oh, so I totally missed it. Yeah, I mean, Sierra definitely took accountability and was like, I okay. was wrong. And Wow, I really missed like the most important apology. I was. And it was a shorter conversation because they had five minutes before they were going to leave for the beach. I feel like had it been a longer conversation, they could have gotten into more. And since both women were open to having the conversation, I think it would have been even better. But right. I really appreciated... You know, Danielle, she's just such a good friend. Like, I fucking she, love Danielle. She's amazing. She's like, you know, riding for Lindsay, but also calling her out. And she tells Sierra, like, you, like Lindsay's going to not do the right thing on this. This is like the top tier friend to have. Like, this is exactly whenever I say about like any of these housewives um, or anybody that in the fandom, Danielle is the like prime example of how I feel like people should be. It's like by holding your faves accountable or holding your friends accountable makes you an even better friend. It does not mean that you dislike them any less or they're you are going against them or you're not loyal. We talked about this. I feel like last time I was here. Yes, loyalty. loyalty, blind loyalty versus like actually being a good loyal friend and like saying like, hey, you're wrong here. Let's I don't want you to look like an ass. Let's get it together. You know? Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're not like ride or die. Right. That's that's what I don't like about sort of Teresa's brand of loyalty. It makes no sense to me. Everyone messes up. Everyone's out of line at some point. That's why I don't think that I mean, I was so disappointed in Sierra for throwing a glass. I am always on the side. We've had this conversation of like violence is never okay and it's never an okay response to words. Mm-hmm. But I also don't think that people should be like condemned forever for it. You know, there's always yeah. redemption available. But I do think that Sierra should take some time, I hope, to reflect on why she went there. Like, to kind of she stood up over Danielle and then of course Danielle matched her which is also not helpful <laughs> but you know kind of a natural response and totally. then she's the one that threw it and it's like okay why did it get to that point I have a question mm-hmm. and don't judge me by this question I'm, I'm not a big um, so I did not obviously did not love the throwing of the glass I thought that was awful However, I do love when the contents of the glass get thrown. Like when oh, people throw like wine. Oh, like the water or the wine. Or yeah. wine. I would love that to happen at least once a season on every show. Do you consider that like that's like too far as well? N- maybe not. I don't know. For me, it's like the 
I always feel bad because I'm always like, yes, throw me, throw something. Like I right, want that. Get, Just get not, angry. don't hurt anyone. <laughs> I think glass is so dangerous. Oh yeah. Not you know, so it's like glass. that in any situation, even when Jenny threw the glass at Mary and it was clear it wasn't going to like hit her. It's such a bad, it's like a horrible thing to do. And someone always has to clean it up and it's usually not the person that throws it. And that's so not frustrating. The glass piece. Just like oh, throwing I, wine. Just no, that throwing wine. That doesn't bother me. No, okay. it's like when you physically when you physically touch people. Oh no 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 no! Is but when I'm like, like come someone on, guys. like throws a liquid from their drink. No, like what I Margaret did it. to Danielle <laughs> or to Danielle Stout, but she poured water on her or something. Like it's a camera throwing thing to do. her wine. Yeah, at, uh, that Gina. doesn't seem to be. I mean, it's definitely in poor taste. I don't know if it's, it's so interesting. I know with like all the Will Smith talk, everyone's like, well, what is violence? And what's, cause there's things that are violent that like words can be violent and especially you in know, different cultural settings. Totally. I'm just always like on the side of, Hey, it's better to not react with physical violence. And, but you, you know, can throw all the liquids you want. <laughs> <laughs> but I also don't think that people should be banned forever for it. You know, like I go back Agreed. to the Candace and Monique and I'm like, Monique was wrong. She was 100% wrong in this situation. But do I think she like, you know, is responsible for how like all black women? No. Uh, do I think that she can't come back from this? No, of course she can come back from it. You know, people can come back from things. But you have to acknowledge that you did something that you shouldn't have done. You know, that's totally. just like basic accountability. Um, okay. On the OC. <laughs> Do you think Heather actually shoved a producer or cameraman? I know she, well, I know she allegedly did. <laughs> or I allegedly, but how should I phrase I this? allegedly know Please. she allegedly, like, say allegedly yes. like five times. <laughs> yes. Um, I've been told outside of Noella, obviously, what we're seeing, um, that it all did happen. And, and doesn't it look like it did based on Heather's reaction? 100%. Oh, my God. She looks so... If she wanted to not look guilty, she would be like, she that's is ridiculous. telling on herself. Yes. She is so telling on herself. And it's really annoying to me specifically that, like, why is she getting away with all of this? Like, why? what is... Like, I get that there were maybe stakes of bringing Heather back and blah, blah, blah. So if she, I think the threat would have been, you know, like, well, we're not going to do the show if whatever. That's just my assumption. I don't know. But um, like, why? Like, there's so many housewives that never get a catch a break on maybe even a littlest thing. But something as drastic as this and making someone look crazy and that they're a liar whenever the person that they're protecting is the liar. I find that very bizarre. Yeah. I mean, they let Nini have it when she, right. put, That's a- you know, in her closet when she was Why a cameraman okay? and he lost a tooth and, you know, like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if she like shoved someone against the wall in the way that we think we imagine in like a mobster movie, but I do think she put her hands on someone and there was something that happened that crossed the line. I I think I would also allegedly argue allegedly, allegedly (laughs) that maybe both Heather and Terry were involved. I don't know. Allegedly. 
Oh, allegedly. yeah. I, could, I would assume. And that's why she's being so like, I have a family. And it's like, you have a family that also gets angry. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, it's so it's so ridiculous. And what's hard is that Noella does lie about things. And so then she's like calling out Noella online because she does lie. But then on this thing, she's not lying. But they all mm. lie, right? They all, they all lie. Right. So, yeah, it's really frustrating this- to watch. I feel like there's never been a scenario except for maybe Vicky towards the end of her like tenure on OC where one person, one housewife has had like such a, I'm trying to think of the right word, like an imbalance in power dynamics. I feel like they gave her too much power. And by they, I mean production, the network, they announced that she was coming back as they were filming. So like they couldn't really pull it back if she didn't come back. You know, mm-hmm. so it really gave and then her Bethany, the upper she would hand. give me another. That would be another scenario where I think Bethany has always had an upper hand. But yep. Bethany and Heather Dubrow, I think those are the only two that I can think of, like that were so grossly obvious um, that they have very much an upper hand in the situation. I would agree. I think both you and I, we've talked about this, Bethany V. Carroll. We were both on Team Carroll. Um, you know, I could say they were both, both wrong. Sides, but they were both but... wrong. But I, I definitely feel like, yeah. And mm-hmm. it's it's that's what I feel like is needed in the OC is someone to be a like power check on Heather. And Noella isn't strong enough to do it on her own. And I don't want it to be her like stupid friends. You know, Mm -hmm. I want it to be, I don't know exactly, but like Tamara coming in and holding like a real, like there just needs to be a change. I agree. I like, I think Noella right now isn't strong enough to maybe handle it on her own. I think maybe with all these other outside things going on, Mm -hmm. I think Heather, or I think Noella, I think what's interesting about Noella is just the way she speaks to me is captivating. Like I just like listening to her voice and the way she speaks to people. And I think she, although she sometimes I feel like comes off very soft in her delivery and all of that stuff. And whether you like her or not, um, I think there's a lot more power there than people probably see because Obviously, she had a lot of factors going on. Totally. And when I say she's not strong enough, I don't mean like her individually. I mean, the dynamic is that right. she is a new housewife. Newbie. She yeah. doesn't have other allies besides Shannon. Like she needs more in order to come back at Heather. Totally. And I think, you know, being on another season, well, like the longer you're on, the more I feel like you're able to I don't I don't know what it is about housewives but there seems to be this like there's always these power dynamics over who feels like they have more negotiating power and it brings me up to the last thing I wanted to ask you about which was Ebony K Williams interview that she did with Carlos King this week I was shocked that there was even a scenario where they were talking about negotiations I assumed mm probably incorrectly, 
that production had all the power and they would say, these are the housewives that are returning. Here's how much we're going to pay you. You can negotiate here and there whether or not we do an event with your business or whatever. But Mm -hmm. the main terms of the contract are outlined. You can either take it or you can leave it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize when she was talking that they basically, the other women, she she didn't name them, but it's Ramona, Leah, and Luann, basically said they wouldn't come back if she was coming back. And that it was they wouldn't come to, quote unquote, the negotiating table. And I didn't really understand like this negotiating table. But that's sort of what she seemed to say. So I saw like, I don't want to say if that they were clickbait titles, because I they could very well be what said I just didn't listen to the podcast yet. But um, I assumed that it was just like saying I assumed that in when reading those things that it was like Lou, Leah and Ramona were just like not like standing by her or like really propping her up like with coming back or whatever. I didn't realize it was like I won't come back to the show if she's back. That's what I took from listening to it. And listeners, let me know what you think, because I listened to the whole thing, and I was confused, and I was messaging with Taria, and I was like, I'm super confused by this. Is is this what I'm hearing? And she's like, yeah, I think that's what it is. Sonia was the only one that was willing to film with her. I want to listen to that, because that's so interesting, because, like, Usually, I know in the past they've used, you know, like with Danielle Staub and whatnot to try and oust a cast member. But um, that's it just is surprising because like they that those cast members like the network could literally just say, all right, goodbye. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's that easy. And they did. Opinion. They basically did. They're like, we'll give you a separate show. Well, that's not even on- a goodbye, really. That's like, you're still getting rewarded. But they're <laughs> going to make so much less money if it's on Peacock. I mean, that is like, a, you're losing the platform that you had to keep Roni running as it oh, once I see was. What you mean. Yeah, like, I feel like Ramona was, and all of them would Yeah, like, they're not going to get the same thing that they had with their old gig from season 13. <sighs> Did you know I found out more details on a pay structure for Housewives? Ooh, tell me. Um, I know the beginning Housewives are like 60,000. Yeah, like I know like 60K, then it's like 120 and then like 180 or something. That's kind of like the first three years. But um, at least for some of the most of the New York girls, um, how they're paid is they have their salary. So say, I don't know let's say someone's salary is a hundred thousand for um, we'll say Dorinda's, even though we know it's like probably way more than that. It's a hundred thousand. That covers the first 12 episodes and any additional episodes after 12, you get paid an episodic rate. So I guess divide a hundred thousand divided by 12, whatever that is. And then however many extra episodes there are past 12, they get on top of whatever their salary is. So like I'm thinking back to season 11 or 12 when Leah joined, they had like 22 or 23 episodes or 24, I think that's an insane amount of money that they got paid 
because if we know in a ballpark range of what like Ramona and Lou are probably making on top of their like if they had like 12 episodes on top oh, of Oh, I their think salary. they were making close to a million dollars. Oh, I think more than more that. probably yeah be, be, like because of like the episodic and all of that is my guess yeah that's so interesting i find all this stuff so fascinating it reminds me a bit of you know a salary cap like in the nfl and mm-hmm. bravo only has so much money they don't have an endless pit of money and so i thought that the splitting roni in two was brilliant because you could take your time to get the right cast of people who are actually friends with one another and see each other outside filming i mm-hmm. felt like the reason roni started to tank is because none of them hung out ever they all stopped hanging out with each other and they their egos got too big and it was you know it was like inauthentic mm-hmm. but there's um oh my god i just lost my train of thought <laughs> What's going on with us today? I know what happened but to me. The, oh, so like they freed up money if they end up moving the OGs to Peacock and they get paid less and it's like a separate, you know, part. But of I don't even know that if they go to Peacock, if they necessarily make that much less. Oh, they. Would. I mean, I I don't. No I'm sure way. they do, but like, for instance, I mean. Yeah, I'll tell you later. Actually, no, <laughs> <laughs> later. I don't really. We'll I save mean, that for later. I think uh, they. I just don't think it's going to be the same, right? Oh, definitely won't be the and same. And the negotiating power is no longer with Ramona and Luann and Leah. Like Leah has lost so much because she only was on for two seasons, and I don't think I feel people like she's are like, not. I feel like she couldn't go on either. To me be honest, either. she's not really an OG, and I don't think she has an interesting set of friends. And I certainly don't want to keep seeing her sister. <laughs> she forces down our throat. <laughs> Fucking Sarah. <laughs> Fucking Sarah. Um, who do you think will be part of the legacy cast? Then Jill Zarin, number one. Because mm-hmm. she's thirsty enough and she's desperate enough and she's ex- she'll be excited to do it. I yeah oh yeah go ahead. I'll, um, I'll tell I you think my thoughts. Dorinda after you will do- come back, especially if they got along during Ultimate Girls Trip too. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see like Kristen Tegman coming back. Oh, uh, she lives out here now. Oh no. Mm. Well, it she depends on how LA. they structure the show. That's is true. It gonna, if, like if it's like a vacation it's like a for vacation. two weeks, mm-hmm. yeah, then I could see her doing it. Um, I I think what's her name? <laughs> I hope you're saying the, jogger, the one I want. The one oh, who Kelly. runs the, Kelly. I think Kelly Ben Simone definitely will come back. I don't think Carol will come back. You know, Alex obviously won't come back. I don't know. Who are you thinking? I, My- Justice for Jules Weinstein. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Come move back up to Roni. <laughs> she lives in Florida, um, I think. She's in, yeah, she's in um, Boca, Boca? Mm-hmm. which I also said, please get us a Boca Housewives. I would love that. Um, I thought it would be Ramona, Luann, Sonia, Dorinda, Jill, and then throwing in a mix of like Kelly, Cindy Barshop, and Aviva. In some way. Oh, yeah. I could see Viva coming. Oh, and Jill. Did I say Jill? 
Yeah, you said Jill. Okay. Jill will be the first one to sign the check. I think Ramona's actually has too big of an ego to come back to something like that. I well, do. But she also you know, might need the money. So I think she's the one that doesn't need the money out of all of them. Like, I think oh. Ramona, out of everybody, the only reason she, like, I think comes back every year and stuff for the show is more ego and, like, for the the thrill and, you know, the the fame. I don't think um, money-wise, I think she she's fine. Where did um, she get her money? That's what I don't get, other than just getting divorced. So... I guess her original job was buying like excess clothing, right? And sort of like reselling it to like Marshalls and stuff yeah. like that, right? So I think that was her main business. And then True Faith was another business. And then Mario's like trophy, whatever business. I don't know what that was. But I imagine that was like all those three were their main money makers, which surprising to me like i i don't know those industries well so i it's just shocking how successful i guess you can be but i also think she's talked about investments before and i also Mm -hmm. think that if they put money in the market oh i'm sure you know in the early 2000s and then where that market is today like talking about the rich getting richer so many people have made so much money by investing well in the stock market. Yeah. I think Ramona's the one on like, I don't, I think Lou needs the money. I think so. I know Sonia probably needs the money. Um, Dorinda, I think is very smart with everything she's doing business wise. I, if she does need the money, I would be shocked. I mean, I don't, I feel like she's, it seems like she's always doing deals and promos and stuff. And I think, I think she's very smart in that sense. So I don't, I don't think it's her needing the money. I think it's more of, she's just hustling. Um, but I think Sonia and Lou actually like need it. Yeah. I think those are the two, but Ramona, um, what's interesting is I never think about this because we always joke about how like, Oh my God, Ramona looks so good for her age. She looks amazing. Like, but I was talking to somebody and I was like, they were like, she's 65. Like, yeah, she can't like, do you really think she would come back for an, and you know what? I like, that was the first time where I actually was thinking about that. I was like, holy shit. 65 is like old for this type of show. She's the oldest. Yeah, like I want to see her. I've talked about this. Like my listeners hate it, but I talk about it like every week. I want to see Ramona sign up for Medicare and try to figure out like Medicare part. Oh my god, I love that prescription drug coverage and like. I love that. (laughs) Oh, I accidentally like I didn't mean (laughs) you can either cut this or not. I don't know how dark this is, but I jokingly said one time on Radio Andy, I was like, I honestly think. Ramona would be the one like we would see her funeral on Roni eventually. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, I, like I, I imagined like I hope this, this is on like 30 more years and she makes it to 95. Like Yeah. Iconic, you know? That right? Like I I feel like that is a very reasonable thing to see way in the future. <laughs> I also As crazy as we are. Do like an older housewife and I am Love nervous an as older they housewife. start casting young. Like, I don't need to see more 38-year-olds. Like, I want to see people in there maybe at the youngest, 45. 
um, but preferably around 50 or older and let's age with them. Like mm-hmm. let's, these are people who know who they are. They're established in their careers. You know, they, they're not trying to make a name for themselves. They have a name for themselves. And that's, I don't know. That's also what's been so enjoyable about New York. I agree. I prefer my housewives older. The less children I see, the the better. Um, like I see enough at work, I don't need to see them on my housewives. Like fair. Um, and where I think it's okay with like having a young housewife is if they're in a situation where you know, like they're able to, they're just as like their dynamic is just the same as, or not the same, but you know what I mean? On par with some of the older women or like their lifestyle can keep up with that sort of thing. Um, versus like, you know, it's kind of awkward if, you know, there's all these older housewives and then you have to still deal with like childcare and all of that stuff. That's maybe not relatable for them. Right. Um, or if you keep bringing up the age difference as right. if, you're, if you want them to be your mother, like what right. Leah McSweeney had done. And she'd be like, I can't believe I'm the only one here who gets my period. I'm like, right. that is the stupidest thing. I can't believe you're saying that. That's so ridiculous. fruit. Versus it's... like, you know, an Ashley Darby who, uh. you know, married to an elderly man. <laughs> 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 but... She can hang with Karen Huger. Like, she's not trying to... And yes, she's young and she does all the TikTok dances, but she's not trying to be like, look at me, I'm so young and you're so old and you're so out of touch. Mm-hmm. That's She just, like, figures and out I, how to fit in. Right. And that's what I mean where, like, I don't want to ever say, like, distinct rules about ages and stuff, but, like, that's ex- a perfect example where the age gap between people will work it's just got to be the right the right people but i want to see talking about you know people age i want to see karen huger the whole way through um i never want that woman off my screen if anything if anything we don't see enough of her on our screen and i literally would love every season to just sit and watch her outtakes of confessionals like I just want to see everything that woman has said on that confessional chair could you imagine being the one combing through that how lucky that person must be so enjoyable I I adore Karen Huger she is truly my favorite and I'm so sad that I missed them the other weekend they were all down at the tidal basin with the cherry blossoms and I went two days later and I was just uh, thinking of all the people who don't know who they are, who are probably <laughs> like, why are these cameras here and who are these women? And I would have just fainted. <laughs> Can I just say, <laughs> I'm annoyed that Ascale is not back in an official capacity. I liked I her. Was, I, one, liked her. And two, I was very excited about having... Like an Ethiopian yes, housewife in DC, it's the largest it's like so Ethiopian community. People don't realize yes. that. And I just was so looking forward to her pr- probably being, you know, upgraded to a full time wife and like really getting to know her, her family, and the traditions and the culture. Like I was. I was really excited about that, and I feel really let down about that. I don't know why I thought like she was. I don't know. I just felt like she was such a good addition and 
a way, not like that she was, she brought so much to the table, but more so that she was just an easy addition. And I liked what she, the, the, the minimal that we got to see, essentially, I liked her perspective and I liked what she brought. And I want to see more. I like when they do things that are unique to DC, like when Candace had the Go-Go album and Go-Go music is so unique to DC. And, you know, having an Ethiopian immigrant is is very Mm -hmm. unique to DC. And I think, I don't know, it makes me sad sometimes when they just, but I feel like it's when they cast people from Baltimore, it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. (laughs) It's literally not the same thing. I, I remember whenever they showed like the maps and where like Wendy lives, I'm like, you're like, it almost looks like she's approaching where my mom lives. I I was going to say, I think she's closer to Pennsylvania than she is to the district of Columbia. And I like her, but like let's like there are women that live like closer to the beltway we can make this work you know it's so interesting i want to like honestly i would love to spend time with the casting people for each franchise just to see because i do know historically they have said for potomac it is very hard to cast just like jersey is very hard to cast and i'm intrigued by that like i want to know when you say that who are the people coming to the table like who are we rejecting, you know, that are maybe closer in the area? I also think OC should be so easy to cast. Like, that should be the easiest, easiest. in my opinion. Yes. Like, so easy, but I don't know. Anyhow. So many people willing to put their stuff out on camera. In the D.C. area in general, people are reluctant to share things on camera. That's why the Real Housewives of D.C. will never come back. You're not going to actually see real D.C. people who have connections to politics because they will not put themselves on camera. They won't do it. They're not dumb. (laughs) Well, and... Not that you're dumb to put yourself on camera, but but it it could uh, impact your career negatively, whereas every... All publicity is good publicity in, you know, Hollywood. Totally. I mean... not like that here. Like, there is no way the movers and shakers of DC would be caught anywhere near a camera for that. They had no control of what was coming out. (laughs) Exactly. There's too many control freaks. Well, Steven, thank you so much for being on and for doing this last minute. Shout out to Samantha Bush, a Brava historian who was going to be on and is sick with COVID. We hope that you get well soon and I'm going to have her back on when Atlanta premieres so that we can, we can chat that, but tell everyone where they can find you, where they can listen to your podcast, anything else you're promoting. So um, you can find me at Faces by Bravo on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Um, You can listen to But Now We Said It, a podcast with The Dip on all your favorite podcast platforms. Um, We just wrapped season two, taking a a little break in between. And... um, We'll let you make sure you're subscribed, rate five stars so that you're ready for season three. Yay. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Sounds good. 